0: Asking in that for a minute, I know a lot of us have been, like Kirsty said earlier, we've been upside down in a lot of areas of our lives and turning things inside out, and just really want some questions and, and something in here, something. There's a movement going on in here. See, this is one of the things that God was showing me that we look physically separated, but the Holy Spirit's bringing us together. There's no baby Holy Spirit. There's no Holy Spirit that's going to work in each and every other family and skip the rows and do all that stuff. Holy Spirit is filling this room right now. Where two or three gather in my name, I am in your midst. And what I was seeing when, when one of my brothers was in the back and we were worshiping and praying. One of the things that got laid on my heart right there, and it was the same thing in one of these songs, was about fire and what fire can do. And, yet, and how many of you know that there's a baptism of fire as well as a baptism of the Holy Spirit? And something's stirring. There's a movement going on in here, and I'm going to do it today, and I wasn't sure. I told Josh, I said, man, I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this or not, but I've been praying about it, and we are. What I'd seen the Lord tell me during this worship song in the back—it had fire to do to it, the fire that was coming down, the fire that was raining down from heaven, and to hit us in our hearts and to do that. And I believe in certain circumstances of where we've been and what we've been going through, we've been blocking our hearts from a lot of things. We've all been going through some circumstances, and all God—all I could hear through this worship song is God saying, "You need to turn and burn. You need to turn and burn." We need to turn away from the things of this world. We need to turn away from the jobs we just lost. We need to turn away from the lack of hope that we may have. We need to turn away from what people are telling us this is going to be on this earth because we serve a greater, bigger God. And the Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside of us. We need to turn and burn. We need to lay it down at the foot of the cross. We need to let things go. Everybody in here today has something to let go. And during this word and during the message that I was building this week, I had to lay a lot of things down in there. And you'll, you'll know why I was laying a lot of things down at the foot of the cross in order, I, in order for I can see the kingdom of heaven rain down on me. Because how many of you know once the enemy starts to get a hold of you, once you start doing the right thing, once you start stepping foot in a church, once you start having a relationship with Jesus Christ, once you start bringing in the Holy Spirit in your life, the world wants to say you're doing it all wrong. Come listen to man instead of the Holy Spirit. So it's time for each and every one. I want you. Can we pick that back up just a little bit, Weggs? What I want all of you to do right now is everybody at least has one thing that you need to turn and burn away from right now. And I'm with you. We need to lay it down at the foot of the cross and let the power of the Holy Spirit come and sit on our hearts. Ask for a soft and fleshy heart again. Lay it down at the foot of the cross. If you've got to come up here to prove it, to lay it down, to come up here and lay it down. Come up here and lay it down. I know there's more than one. If you need this whole altar space, I didn't know if I was supposed to do this, but the Holy Spirit told me otherwise. He said this is His service, not mine, so we're going to do it. Down to Michael in here that hasn't been obedient, that they've still got that hardened heart to just rip up that flesh, to, to, to rain down fire in their lives, to stir it up in their gut, Father, and to let them know the Bible says, let that fire stir up and to burn the chafe away. Burn all things in this world, but burn up the unnecessary stuff that we have in our lives right now, and that we have a pure heart, a heart that, that a heart of fire, a pure white heart, a heart of fire that sets down on the inside of us, not a stony heart or, or a a rocky heart but we rip down that hardened flesh that the world says we need to have in order to function but we're laying it down right now if you don't know who Jesus Christ is in your life now's the time to find out who Jesus Christ is how many of you know that God and the Holy Spirit are doing miracles works and wonders in the midst of all this and you're all part of the miracles works and wonders Open your heart up to Him. It's simple. It's not a prayer. Pastor, say it all the time. It's just you being obedient to say, Father, I know, I know you went to the cross for my sins. You died, were buried, and resurrected. Come into my heart. Boom. Forgive me of my sins. The Bible says He casts all sin as far as the east is to the west, and He will remember them no more. So why do we need to remember our own sin? If he's going to forgive them, if he's going to forget them, why don't we? Lay them down right now. Lay them down right now. Amen? Amen. We just pray over these people in the front, Father. We just pray peace. We just pray joy. We just pray kindness. We just pray love, Father God, to let them know and understand the few, few, the agape love of Jesus Christ. Not who they think they are or who people say they are, Father, but you fill them with your agape love, who you say we are. And anyone out there, Father God, we just thank you so much for this service. We thank you for the time. We thank you that that you're coming into this service, Father God, that it is all for you. I hope that you get all the glory and all the benefit. Father, if I say anything or do anything that is not accordance to your word, let it fall dead on deaf ears. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm out of breath. I need more water. We'll see you all tomorrow. I'm done preaching. I love you guys. Facebook, I didn't have time to address you yet. So we thank you for those that cannot be here today. And uh, I hope that you were able to, to feel the same Holy Spirit that's in your living room or in your car as it is in this church building. Our Holy Spirit is not in one place. And I, I, I pray that he's doing miracles, works, and wonders in, in your life too. So we thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope that uh, you all will continue to get a word out of this. Well, where my heart's headed right now, I just soon do about four more worship songs, and uh, just bask in His glory. Amen. Whew, I got worked up. Sorry. All right, let me get let me get gathered up here. So, all right, so you're gonna kind of see where where my heart went with some of this and the passion that I was carrying. And I'm in the back room and during this this praise and worship song, I was talking to. The, Oh, I can say it. I was talking to Josh. Josh and I were worshiping and, and praying. And a couple of weeks ago, or uh, not even a couple, a little, little less than two weeks ago, Josh and I were talking. Our pastors are down in Tulsa taking care of some business, so he'd ask me and him to take the next couple of weeks for some things. But um, Josh had called me, and we were kind of talking a little bit here and there and kind of figuring out what we were supposed to do and, and, and the message and the direction we're going. And Josh touched on it a little bit at the beginning of Friday night, coming off the fast where where it was uh, the last the last day of, of the fast and and what Josh had briefly brought a word on was doubting Thomas and some of the situations that he was put in, and some of the reflections that that doubting Thomas was in and, and what it really kind of says in the Bible about a little bit, and what was so interesting to me that I knew I was supposed to do a further word on this because him and I were basically studying the same scriptures out that week and I hadn't even talked to him that day other than trying to find out what we were supposed to do in church, and we were studying out Doubting Thomas and just the reflection of his life and where things were going with that. So I did know that I was supposed to do this word and just kind of reflect on it a little bit longer, but so I want to set you up just a just a quick uh, set up here. So here's the definition just going off my pastor's vein and, and the direction that he always does. I like to set up a few definitions and all that. Some of them seem pretty simple but you know some of them can uh, look a little bit different in the, in the real dictionary and in the, and what the Bible says about it. So that word, we're going to talk a little bit today about doubting Thomas. Is it me Marco? I'm, just, I'm trying to work through it. Am I sounding a little hot out there or no? Is it okay? Alright. It just feels like I'm having a little ring then, but I'll, I'll go through it. I wasn't sure. There we go. So, I want to talk a little bit about doubting Thomas. So, I looked up the word doubt. And most of you are probably going to know this. This is a feeling of un- uncertainty, fear, be afraid, or to question the truth. And most of you, some of you in here may not, some of you may have, but pastors talk a lot about this scripture, Hebrews 11.1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So as I was working this out, I've always felt like, or maybe you guys can help me out, how many times when we in our own lives begin to start doubting things, and then all of a sudden either we start questioning our faith or someone else questions our faith for us. Doubt is not a lack of faith. It's not the complete opposite as I've studied some of that out. Faith faith is exactly that. Hope is in that faith. Doubting may not be. And there's always times when we start doubting or when we start looking at that. It always comes out in a negative way, including myself. I always thought, well, well, if, you just, if you're just going to keep doubting, if you're just going to keep doing that, you're going to be a negative Nancy about everything. What are you believing in? What are you putting your truths in? What are you putting your trust in? Because doubt in the root of itself, if we allow uncertainty or if we don't want to understand the truth or if we don't have hope in the middle of our doubt, then we will become afraid and fearful. That's the truth, amen? amen. So that, so there is a portion of doubt. I'm not trying to. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try to explain myself through some of these these things a little bit better. So what I don't want you to understand is thinking doubt is a complete good thing. But I can show you where doubt, with doubting Thomas, now that I've studied and looked at this, where it's not all bad. Amen. All right. So I just want to kind of I want to set you up a little bit right there. So so when when I'll set I'll go I'll back up a little bit. I think that the doubt that Thomas expressed is said this very this well in the in the in a quote. I forget the guy who quoted it, but he said this and this isn't in scripture yet, but I want to kind of preface this and set this up for you. I said this Thomas expressed his doubt but also had a purpose in it. Thomas wanted to know the truth. His doubt gave evidence not a lack of faith but of a desire to have faith founded in fact and not fantasy. Did you get that? It sounds like he's doubting it all. At the moment he is doubting it all. (laughs) But see, the condition of Thomas, he wants to to have these answers done so he has the facts cut and dry because he doesn't want to mess up any further. Now, if we walked around, God proves and shows us when we pray an answer, amen? We all receive answers from God. So when we pray and we keep asking over and over and over and over and over again, are we lacking in faith or are we just wanting the truthful answers so we don't go make more mistakes? Amen. All right. I'm I'm going to get into some scripture here. So uh, if you all got your Bibles or your phones, your iPads, turn over to uh, John in chapter 11. And I'm going to start in verse seven. Y'all good. All right. Time for the glasses. If I get any more things on top and around my face, I'm probably going to tip over. All right. Everybody there? I'm not. There we go. Chapter 11, in verse 7, I'm going to start here. So it says, Finally, he said to his disciples, this is Jesus talking, Jesus is talking to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? And Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus has died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let's go too and die with Jesus. So what we're going to so set up here right here is look, how, look at how all the disciples in this certain situation were wanting questions and doubting Jesus because they weren't prepared in their hearts or they weren't willing yet to come out there. They don't want to go back to find Lazarus and raise him from the dead because they're afraid themselves they're going to get killed. Amen. But what does is, what is doubting Thomas do? He goes, let's roll. If we're going there, even if we die, we die. We follow Jesus. Do you see the condition of the hearts? Do you see why he asks some of these questions? He wants to do. He wants to be the diligent person to do exactly what Jesus Christ has called him to do. He's trying to figure out. He's asking these questions not to doubt Jesus Christ, and I'll get there in a moment. I'm jumping the gun on some of this stuff. But he's getting questions so his heart can remain true with Jesus Christ. See, the last few times that Jesus had been in Judea, the Jews had tried to seize and kill Jesus Christ, and they did not want to die with them. Thomas' statement, statement that he made here was a very brave statement. In that he had assumed, Thomas assumed, that if he went with Jesus, if he went with Jesus, he could very well mean that his life might be in danger as well. That he might die as well. But also the Bible does tell us, tells us what? In Mark, Mark, not you Mark, the other Mark in the Bible. In Mark eight, he was waving at me I thought. In Mark eight it says what? Put your action. If you die for me, you will have life. If you die for me and for the sake of me, I will give you life. See, Thomas is stepping on. Thomas is putting the word of Jesus Christ into actions, not just listening to the word. How many of you know you listen and learn, but then you got to put it to work? Thomas, not looking at it because of his name. See, and that's what that's kind of. until Jesus actually said this, this is where it's gonna get. I'm gonna to try to keep you guys straight and narrow here. Until Jesus says this further down in my message, and the third time that he meets, not everybody was calling him Doubting Thomas yet. He was still simply Thomas right there, but yet he's still asking questions on where to what's going to go or what Jesus what are you going to do Jesus okay I'm going to set my heart upon you whatever you tell me to do I'm going to do for you so that was the first encounter that was the first time and see what what I what I found out was only in John there's three different mentions of doubting Thomas and I'm going to go through all three I just went through the very first one right there with the, with the exception of listing him in the names of the rest of the disciples. I'm talking about specifically in John where they're talking about doubting Thomas through these three mentions. Y'all with me there? Okay, so the second mention, I need you to go over to John chapter 14. And we'll start right there in the very first verse. Verse. I knew I was forgetting something. All right, I got my sticky notes stuck in, sticking pages together. Bear with me here. All right, y'all re- all there? I'm sure you're there quicker than I got there. All right, in verse one, it says this. Don't let your heart, Jesus is speaking here. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I am going. Now, number five, this is, here's verse five. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know that way? There we go again. Who's the one asking Jesus. Who's the one who had the courage enough, the truthful enough to step out and ask them? But see how people are starting to label him? Even Jesus says it. I'll get to you in the third mention here. But do you see the condition of Thomas's heart? I'm looking through. I'm not looking this at all negative or, or unbelief or the lack of faith. I believe the faith is always there. It's so much so that he wants the exact truth from the horse's mouth so he won't mess up and he can please and serve his Lord and Savior are you there how many of us have ever walked around really wanting answers but we didn't know how to ask it you know I mean there's been times that I've had to pray and sit and ponder on asking my pastor some questions because where's my faith or if it was pertaining to something he may have said or something he did and I needed an answer of what he might have told me to do so there is no confusion But I had to go ask him so I did know what I was supposed to do. How many of you have done that? How many of you have just held some of these questions in and had to stir them in your gut and carry them around when it could have been just spoken to the truth out of love and found out the answer? You're not... And what that can do is settling on, what you. What that can do is you just settle on that doubt because you don't have the truth and the answer, so you come up with your own assumption or your own direction or your own answers for yourself, all the while doubt is placing fear and anger and anguish in your life when you can just turn and ask that question. Amen. And Thomas, I believe, did that. I believe it was out of a trust, truthful heart that he wanted to talk to Jesus, And he didn't want to mess up. So he says, so so Thomas and John was mentioned and, and, and told three different times, and that was the second time. It is no doubt, or I believe, I believe, there is no doubting Thomas in that situation, or just Thomas doubting his own trust. He never considered himself doubting it. He just wanted to be that truthful person. He's, he wants to be not doubting Thomas, but Thomas getting the truth of who he is and what he's trying to establish. And when I was, so I, when I was reading some of this stuff, when I was going through it, now listen, when he's when he's talking about going, going everybody knows they're going to the upper room, Jesus is sending his disciples to the room and he says, wait there, I will meet with you. I will be back for you. I will come as though and the form of, I will be back to show you. But set this up, like, were all the rest of the disciples 100%? truthful and faithful in that comment and in that situation? Now, we know it to be true, but that's happening in real time. That's happening right there in front of their face. They're going into this room. They're saying, stay in this room. I'll be back, and we'll we'll go out and do this, knowing that they're going to be crucified, and they're all looking around each other. Now, were the rest of the disciples doubting that as well? Because here's the thing. If we go back a few chapters, when we go back to the complete story of looking at this, the disciples weren't the first one to see Jesus Christ come back. Mary Magdalene did. And she brought a report to the disciples. So, let me even go a little bit further. Who is Mary Magdalene? It's not Jesus' mother. It's a prostitute. So you got a prostitute coming back with the very per- first report of telling the disciples, they, they haven't seen him yet, of telling the disciples that Jesus is back and risen. Now, it's not written in here, but I would think the rest of the disciples at that point may have had a little bit of doubt to hear that report coming back to to, to hear that in that manner. Then Jesus does come back And proves to him and shows to him, and then that trust and that faith comes in there, but it's not written, but it makes me wonder, and this isn't in the scripture, this is just when I'm reading some of this in my own opinion, is he are they really doubting, but did not have the, the guts enough to sit there and really ask the questions they needed to ask, and they would have already had the answers. But Thomas is already he's the one asking the questions. He's the one that's asking the questions. I think we can still look at this and say, now, little faith, I'm going to re- re- read this as I wrote it, so I'm hoping I'm keeping you tied in and not confusing you. <laughs> I think we can look at this and say how little faith that Thomas might have had had he didn't just accept the words of Christ and go on his way. But he was so eager to know that, is, that if Christ was going to go that way, he was wanting to go with him. He wanted to go honestly. He wanted to go passionately and didn't know the way to go. So he asked that question. Go this way. I don't know which way you want me to go, Jesus. And then that's where, that's where Jesus stepped in here. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come follow me. I'll show you the way. Did the disciples know the way? Or were they just letting Thomas ask the question again? All right, you ready for the third mention? Let me find my scripture. I've got my notes messed up. All right, go to John. A couple pages over, go to John 20, verse 24. <laughs> okay, it says, One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was, on the, was not with the others... When Jesus came, am I reading the wrong I just read the wrong one. No, I didn't. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in the hands, put my fingers into them, and place my, place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. See, that's what, that's what Jesus said. The rest of the disciples already knew that Jesus Christ was there. Thomas hadn't even seen him yet. So, this is the, he, so he's trying to tell. He's back with the disciples. And now they're going to see. The doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas explained. That's key right there. My Lord and my God, Thomas ex- explained, exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Here's where I want to set that up. See, that's even the scripture that Jesus went down and told Thomas right there. Don't be a doubting Thomas. You are doubting. So this is where I want it to be clear. Jesus recognized and knew that in the condition of who Thomas was in his questioning. Was he in the question in and of itself? Doubting it? Absolutely. But here's what I believe was going on because of that. Because when he saw those holes, I don't believe the rest of the disciples just automatically believed Jesus Christ. And he's coming. I believe there's a scripture in there that said that he was kind of fearful. They were fearful in that upper room waiting for him. So if, if they've got fear in their heart waiting for Jesus Christ to return, there's a portion of doubt that they all carried. But see, look how, look how Thomas responds right back once he saw that, once he knew who he was. He didn't doubt any longer. And look what he tells him. He said, my Lord, my God. He recognized, and flesh form was back, but he recognized that God was the one who did all that. None of the disciples referred to Jesus as God at that point. Thomas was seeing that. So what I believe he was truly wanting to do with a lot of these questions, there is no doubt, Jesus just told him, quit being faithless. In that specific portion, he's saying, look at my hands and my feet. Put your fingers in them right there. But why was Thomas, why why was he doing that? And this is what I believe after doing some studying and researching. Because see, this was already eight days later, passed in there. And look, there was rumor and word getting around already that Thomas had not had an opportunity. So imagine if I told you a story and I wanted you to repeat it all the way over to here, how bad that story would have looked. Because we're all flesh. He hadn't seen that for himself. What I truly believe, Thomas's heart was set on God and set on the Holy Spirit. And he did not want to accommodate the earthly things of man until he saw Jesus Christ for himself. That's not a lack of faith. That's a lack of diligence, in my opinion, to make sure he had the truth and the answers of what Jesus Christ was going to tell him to do because at that point, all he was hearing was rumors from other people. That's where I believe his heart was going because he wanted to serve with a whole heart, a truthful heart, an honest heart in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and not what everyone else is telling him to be and do. Are you with me? He did say that. He did say that. But I don't believe why he was saying that and through some of that and studying some of that, that it was getting pushed on there, that he was just completely and, and, and all... all messed up from doubting who Jesus was. I think he was asking the questions in order so he doesn't have to doubt any longer to have that settled on my heart. Amen. I'm going to read this too. So I don't mess it up. I know at times and see we really can't identify with Thomas. We doubt Thomas and we want to know something for ourselves no no one or no one word is good enough from a person, but we need to know for ourselves. Is this not having faith? I don't think so. What What faith is greater? The one that never doubts or the faith that doubts and invites or the, excuse me, the one that never doubts or the faith that doubts and investigates and believes of finding in what the truth really is. We see, we see those, those examples all over the place. We, we see people asking questions all over the place. We see those things, but people look at other people in some of these situations of one another, and we start labeling one another because of that, because we don't have the true answers. Even l- look at Peter. We can either choose to look at Peter that denied Jesus Christ three times in the rooster crow, or what did Jesus Christ do for Peter? Build his church on the rock. One, Jesus Christ said, but are we choosing to believe that, he was a, that, that Peter was a doubter and a dire? Or are we going to believe that the church is built on Peter's word? We have those questions, and I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to read this too. I'll end with this. So when we have doubts, or when we hear about doubting Thomas, let us remember that he was so much more than a doubter, but rather who was... Let me put these on. (laughs) I'm reading like a two-year-old right now. (laughs) So when we have doubts... Or when we hear about doubting Thomas, let us remember that he was so much more than a doubter, but rather was one of, one of who needed to find out for himself, needed to search out the truth, needed to believe not because of other men's words, but because of God himself revealing it to him. We can trust others, but let us search and let us find let us be like Thomas in the dedication to Christ, in his desire to really know for himself the risen Lord. I think Thomas really fits. Uh, hold on here. I don't need that. So, I can't read my own chicken scratch. So, I'll, so this, so let... Let us search with our hearts and the unseen faith and with our minds and discover the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me pray for you all and then I'll get Bailey back up here. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this time together. Lord, just thank you for your spirit settling upon us are restoring our hearts to what you want them to be. Father, help us in our own doubt. Father, help us to answer those questions. Father, let us come to you without denial, with coming to you with those hearts that really want to know the truth, that want to come to you with a, with a soft heart, Father, a fleshy heart, and to really be obedient to what you've got each and every one of us called to do, Father God. So, Lord, we just we thank you for this. Lord, I thank you for the miracles, works, and wonders that have already taken place in this place today. To see the restoration of hearts. To see kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, right before our eyes. And we thank you, Father. We pray that you receive all the glory. We pray that you receive all the honor. And, Father, right now, I know I did this at the beginning of service, but if there's anyone in here, Father... That does not know the truth of who you truly are, Father. I pray that Your Holy Spirit will come down and a rain of fire on their lives like no other. That they will know that they're worthy of You. That their sins are forgotten and forgiven. That it doesn't matter what they've done, how long they've done it, and who they've done it to. Father God, You're a greater God and a bigger kingdom, and nothing of the enemy will prosper. So I pray, Father, that these hearts are turned towards you today. We love you, and we thank you, and we give you all the glory and honor. It's by the blood and the obedience of Jesus Christ that makes it all possible. It's in his name we pray. Amen.